And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. In the words of the mindless philosopher C-3PO, I'm going to regret this. <sighs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Where? Dare I say it? <clears throat> We're back. Kind of. I'm going to put qualifiers on that, but we'll get to that here in just a second. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. Those of you who are live with us in the chat, we are live from the bunker here deep beneath the super secret headquarters in the middle of the frozen tundra. It's cold outside. And there is a story to be told. I will get to that here in just a moment. Those of you who are with us live, uh, the chat's open. If you're not with us live, you can still leave a comment. You can always send us an email live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom Or you can join our Discord. You can catch us on all the social medias, all that, all that good stuff and things. And we've already got uh, quite a bit of... Uh, Quite a bit of chatter, some chat uh, stuff. Uh, yay, you're back. Uh, Ray, uh, waiting waiting for Aerosmith's song, I'm back in the saddle again. I hadn't thought about that one, uh, but it's appropriate. <clears throat> uh, Jay is here. Keely's here. Can't keep a good channel down. Well, I, I don't know about the, I don't know about the good channel. Sean is up is here. Good to see you. I've seen uh, I've seen Sean over on Culture Casinos uh, st uh, broadcasts. Uh, I see Michael here, and let's see, uh, Jay. Just couldn't help yourself. Well, there, there there's a story. There's a story. Kayla says, before nerdrotic geeks and gamers, Midnight's Edge, the world class VSers, there was Sci-Fi for Me TV. Yes, we have been here for much longer than any of them <clears throat> just because just because um it's just you know we've been around for a while <clears throat> mark you hang on what oh yes how do you know that we're really real and not ai generated shush Shush. There will not be any, there will not be any AI generated stuff here, as far as I can determine. As as much as I can sit there and say we're not going to do any AI, we will never consciously, deliberately do anything generated by AI. How's that? Just asking. Well, and I have I have thought about the possibility of using a couple of AI tools for transcripts. Because we, you know, record audio, uh, record record interviews, and it takes a while to transcribe those things. But you know, it's uh, it's going to be 
stuff like that. If we ever use any AI tools at all, it'll be it'll be under the hood. So it's not going to be. I just want one that'll clean the house. You got a Roomba. Yeah, I need that's not enough of a robot for you. I haven't tried it out yet. It's just been sitting there for the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, so I said there was going to be a story. There will be a story. I'm going to tell you here in a minute. Let me explain a little bit about what the plan is moving forward for some people that are that are wondering why one why we're back and two uh, what what that means what that looks like. So uh, because uh, we've got we've got the question there. Um, are we going to bring back Good Morning Multiverse at this moment? That is not part of the plan. And uh, the reason for that kind of gets into why, why we're coming back the way we're coming back. So this show is back. At the moment, this is the only show that's back. And the reason for that, main reason for that, is that with this show, I don't have to count on anybody else to show up. And I don't have to count on anybody else to try to promote the show. It's it's me. I can share the links. I can do on the thing, and I can be here, and that's it. <laughs> when you have an all-volunteer staff, sometimes it gets a little bit difficult to coordinate, herd the cats, as it were, and get everybody pulling in the same direction at the same time with the same resources. So we're gonna we're we're taking this smallish. And we'll see what happens. Now, some weeks we may do five days. Some weeks we might do two days. It's just going to depend on how the schedule shakes out because we are going to have guests and we are going to have uh, panel discussions. Today we don't because we're coming back and I'm trying to remember where all the buttons are. And I want to make sure that I get that right first. I hear you over there. I didn't say anything. Over there from the peanut gallery. Tilt your camera down some more a little bit. You're still... See, th this is what we do. You know, we're gone for six months and everybody forgets how to do anything. Now, story time. When we got, uh, in July is when we announced we were going to go dark. This has happened before. Those of you who have been around for a while, this has happened before. It's, are you okay over there? You good? And I, I, I finally, I finally realized to an extent why this happens. There's Bianca over there on Rumble. I've, I, the reason why this happens is I, I'm old. <coughs> I get burned out but the reason i get burned out, and yes the office dogs will still be here they're they are still around the the uh, the reason that i get burned out and frustrated is because i have built this thing and there are a number of people involved in this thing there are a lot of moving parts in this thing and sometimes the parts don't move the way i want them to and when you've got a volunteer staff and you've got limited resources and there's, you know, no money, no time. You remember we talked about money, time, and manpower, right? 
So I get vexed when things don't go the way I expect them to go. So in order to kind of control things a little bit more, we're doing this show. And when I get frustrated and decide, that's it, we're going to take a break, I'm burned out mainly because I'm trying to get things done that aren't getting done. It doesn't have anything to do with the audience. It doesn't have anything to do with actually doing the show. I enjoy doing the show. I, I This is what I do. This is what I'm good at. And And... Mrs. Boss and I have had that conversation a couple of different times. This this is what I'm good at. I'm good at talk. But he's boring. Did I say that loud? I am boring. <laughs> the guests are interesting. If he has a camera in front of him, he's not boring. The guests are interesting. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Road back in my life. Ironic, you unthaw the show during a polar vortex. I tell you, it is cold outside. Uh, Sci-Fest Nob in the chat. Control is an illusion. Uh, that's good. Keely says, I'm burned out and frustrated with the stuff I like being ruined by people who aren't fans and don't care about the stuff we like. That's that's part of that's part of what my frustration was. Because in the six months that we have been relatively dark. And I've been on Culture Casino's channel. I've been on Comics Division's channel. And all through that time, I've been saying, we're not coming back. Liar. Well, it wasn't a lie. Because I didn't have any intention of coming back. Except, every now and again, I'd see a news headline, or I'd see some conversation on social media, or some rumor that gets posted, or something. I'd say, oh, well, you know, this would be something to talk about. And then I'd kick myself. I was like, no, we're not going to do it. And then he sits there. We're going to have to come back. And I, and I fume and I fulminate and I'm like, going to have to, have to, we're going to have to come back, aren't we? So, after debating with myself for a long while, uh, then, we, then we head out to um, the West. We had to go out to California. And on the way, Mindy decided to make a trip of it because it, it was it was not a vacation. And on the way, Mindy said, okay, well, while we're out here, might as well take advantage of the fact that we're going out here. So we went to Four Corners. We went to Monument Valley in Utah where they shoot a bunch of westerns. We went to uh, the Grand Canyon. And... Being at the Grand Canyon had a significant impact for me. Monument Valley as well, but mostly, mostly the Grand Canyon. I got there and saw that and realized just how insignificant and small and petty we are. And that's reinforced by all of the neener, neener, neener behavior on social media. And I'm... <sighs> That I, I just I just don't want to come back to it. And this this recent bit of of malarkey in Comicsgate, this whole Ethan versus Eric crap, I mean, why 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 would I want to come back to that? But then I thought, okay, there's something that we have here that's unique. We bring to the table something unique that a lot of the other channels don't have. 
and that is maturity. I have been at this in media now for 38 plus years. I'm 53 years old. I'm going to be 54 in a couple of months. I don't have the time or the patience or the wherewithal to argue and drama with everybody. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that exactly, but it's not necessary. So we don't, we don't engage in the drama. And I'm watching all of this stuff. I was like, oh, God, why do we have to do that? But there's a lot of news items that have been out there. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. And it's worth the discussion because you guys, I'm sure, want to be talking about this stuff. And for whatever reason, y'all are here. You're not anywhere else. And I appreciate that because here we are. So let's go, shall we? All right, let's go here into the comments here. Uh, liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah, well, okay, where did it go? There it is. See, I remember where the buttons are, but sometimes the buttons are not, uh, are not trying to, uh, not trying to do stuff. Stop says, don't blame me. I told them not to come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the most rewarding and important moments of life is the moment you finally find the courage to let go of what you can't change. Yep. Yep. That is true. Uh, the cool, t uh, the cool guy, uh, this is a name that I have not seen in the chat before. Welcome. Uh, it's good to see new people in, in the chat. The cool guy says he visited Chief Ten Bears. Um, I don't know if that's a reference to something. The plugin looks really nice. Yes, I, the, the plugin does look good. This actually, uh, is a plugin that Brahma Bull told me about. It is called Social Stream Ninja. And it allows me to pull in chat comments from all of the streams because right now we are broadcasting to YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, Twitch, and Kick. We're sending to five different platforms. And I can pull in chat from all five of those platforms, plus I can pull in Twixer tweets. Well, and I could probably pull in Facebook stuff too if I if I want to. It's a reference to Chief Ten Bears. Okay, I I I'm I'm not familiar with Chief Ten Bears, so somebody'll have to educate me. So here we are. Where do we start? I mentioned C three PO at the top of the at the top of the hour. Let's start with Star Wars. Because it's not just it's five platforms too many. Sure, it is. It's actually six platforms to me because I do have the capability. We could send it to Twitter as well. Um, I don't. I don't know how well the streams are going to hold up. So if any of you're watching live, if it starts to buffer somewhere, let me know because I I have not sent the stream to five different platforms for a very long while. So I don't know. But uh, all right, let's talk Star Wars for a second. Let's talk this 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 Ray stuff and and the and the new Mandalorian movie and and all all of the drama around that. Let's start there. I don't care. <laughs> to start with, that's 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 to start with. I don't care. But 
let me let me put a little perspective on this because I see I see stuff going on and and Mrs. Boss Mindy you could you can chime in on this too because stuff <coughs> back in July in celebration time celebration they announced this Ray movie. <coughs> To the surprise of a lot of different people, I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought Kathleen Kennedy was going to announce her retirement here. She's announcing new projects. It doesn't sound like she's going away. STD. Huh? Uh, well, she's like a bad STD. She doesn't go away. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, I. You know what? I. There are times. There are times I'm glad the Legion of Memers doesn't doesn't pay attention to our show (laughs) so okay (laughs) so so they announced this thing and there was chatter on all of the different youtube channels we were all talking about it at the time well we weren't because we were gone but there were there were there was discussion about this this director who was going to be taking on the new ray movie and she's a she's a documentary producer and she's only done short films and, and, and she's an activist and all that and then suddenly, a few weeks ago, a couple of two, three weeks ago, she opened her mouth. Well, it wasn't that. Suddenly, the trades were all over this about her coming on board to direct this new Ray movie and how great and fantastic it was going to be, and how now it's it's about time Star Wars gets shaped by a woman and and oh, she's going to be a great director for all this stuff and everything. And and then there was the the comments about wanting to make men uncomfortable, and now suddenly there's the discussion about this feminist agenda, feminist agenda, and people are discussing this thing as if it's something new. We heard all of this stuff. We discussed all of this stuff six months ago, and the trades, I guess, are just catching up. Cam's here. He's late, but he's here. Uh, Snob says, can't wait to go to the movies and feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to do something, though, because uh, uh, Critical Drinker had a good video on this. And he makes an excellent point. I want to reinforce it here. I want to reiterate it. Context. The comment where she says, "I my intention is to make men com- uncomfortable is related to a specific project that she did some five, six years ago. She's a director of documentaries. And this particular project had to do with the abuse of women in Pakistan, if I remember right. And I, I don't even remember this, this lady's name, Obed Shinoy, but I can't remember the first name. Charmaine, Charmaine Obed Shinoy. She's a documentary producer she's got no business making a star wars movie as her first narrative feature film i mean that 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 aside her comments about making men uncomfortable were specifically related to this one documentary piece that she did that highlighted how men were abusing women in pakistan and she wanted to use this documentary to make men uncomfortable to recognize that there was this stuff going on in her country it's not, I want to make men uncomfortable because I'm a feminist activist and I'm going to make men uncomfortable with my Star Wars movie. The Star Wars movie was not connected to this. 
This was a panel discussion she did years ago. And too many people in the fandom are trying to conflate these two things. Yes, she's an activist. Yes, she's a documentary producer. She's got no business making a Star Wars movie. But the, the, the feminist activism comments that people are trying to connect to the two things are not... It, context matters. We have to be careful not to drive a narrative that doesn't exist. The other part of this, and, and I think that part place just dropped a thing, jo Jonas Campbell over there just dropped an article on this, the nature of how this project came about. Daisy Ridley apparently has made some comments. She has not seen a script yet. Apparently Stephen Knight is supposed to be working on something, but nobody has seen any kind of a draft. There's no script yet. Daisy Ridley has come out apparently and said that this whole thing was slapped together last minute. She didn't find out about it until just before they announced it at Celebration. So this thing feels slapdash to start with. And according to some of the, you know, when you look at some of the, the, the reporting on this, it really feels like this thing is vaporware, which is something that Cameron Pasha has been saying from the get-go, that this Ray movie is never going to happen, doesn't really exist except on paper, maybe. Now, the Acolyte is a completely different thing, but this Ray movie sounds like it's just a, a PR stunt. And the more we're hearing about it, the more we're, you know, we're hearing that there's no script, there's hardly any story, there's an idea for a story, this might or might not happen. And just as all of this frenzy in the media is happening, and all of this frenzy in the YouTube space is happening about this, about this woman and her comments about making men uncomfortable, then there's the announcement that Jon Favreau is going to direct The Mandalorian and Grogu. Feature film. Now suddenly we're talking about The Mandalorian movie, which, if I understand right, is not Dave Filoni's Ahsoka-verse Mandalorian, Mandoverse movie. It's a brand new one. And now, now there's even chatter... Well, what if Favreau can get Gina Carano to come back? So, is is any of this happening? Is my question. Is there a... Because that's the movie that's been announced. And in the trades, talking about that particular movie, they don't talk about the Ray movie. Ahsoka has... Season 2 has gone back into the development state. It's not in active production. We've got Andor coming in, coming up because that's been shot. That we've got Andor was season two, season three. No, but they've stopped that. Well, we're I into mean, season we're we're doing season two. Yeah, but but that's they, already been shot. Some of it, yeah, some of it has been shot and everything, but they've also put a halt on everything. But all of that goes back to reporting that a lot of people have poo pooed because feuds that. None of this is actually going to happen. And if and if Pedro Pascal is so busy that they're about to possibly 
push back Fantastic Four to accommodate his schedule, which... All right, Pedro Pascal is the absolute worst choice for Reed Richards. Just is. But if they're pushing that back, and, and the trades are reporting that Ahsoka has gone into development, which is what Sparrow reported to Cameron Pasha, and you might not like the way Cameron is doing his stuff. You might not like the way WDW Pro and Valiant Renegade and all, any of these people, you might not like how any of them are doing their business. You might not like the fact that they are feuding. You might not like the fact that we're all just... <sighs> Everybody gets the vapors anytime somebody gets mentioned. Take a breath. Uh, Snob asked the question, why do people keep talking about Gina coming back? She's an okay actress with a pretty minor part. Do people think Gina is going to save Star Wars and undo all the damage? No, but... Uh, the reason people keep talking about Gina Carano with this, one, the way she got fired, and two, the fact that John Favreau created the character of Cara Dune specifically for Gina Carano with the plan for the character to get an expanded role in the Favreau-verse, starting with The Mandalorian, expanding into Rangers of the New Republic, and who knows where it, went, where it would go after that. So in that context, people are now speculating, because Favreau was the big champion for Gina in, internally. You're, you're about to blow up my entire plan by firing her, basically, is, is how the story goes. If, if, you know, it's all rumor. But if you have, if you, if you put any stock in that, then, um, hang on just a second here. Uh, that one. If you put any stock in, in that story, then the chance of Favreau having a discussion, having a conversation with Gina about this, who knows? And stop and consider. They just announced here not too long ago that Gina was going to be at Fan Expo where? Fan Expo Toronto? Uh, Vancouver. Vancouver? Up in Canada. And originally she was only going to be there for one day. And there was a media push here not too long ago, and the timing of it is very interesting, but there was a media push here talking about, oh, Fan Expo just made this decision to have Gina there, and oh, this is going to be such a problem because, oh, this is, it's, it just creates such a dangerous environment. For who? But I think it's interesting timing that they announced John Favreau's project, Speculation about Gina Carano's involvement starts to percolate. By the way, I'm really enjoying my percolator coffee pot. And after those stories break, and after that discussion starts, there's this thing, and I don't remember, I think it's Screen Rant, that puts this thing out saying, I, I could have that wrong. So it says, you know, Fan Expo is, 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 is into dangerous waters here. Why? Why? Because 
everywhere Gina Carano goes and makes an appearance at a convention, there are lines. And granted, a lot of those people who are there to see her are seeing her because of her MMA stuff, because of her American Gladiator stuff and Haywire and that sort of thing. And <laughs> eating my words when Gina shows up and murders everyone in Vancouver. Well, she's going to get plenty of chance to do it because she's expanded her appearance time there. Originally, she was only going to be there on the Monday of the event. Now she's going to be there on Sunday and Monday. Which, again, is interesting timing. Because... Let's let's play this out. I'm I'm just spitballing here in terms of how a how a PR machine works, right? Because it's like tennis. They announce the John Favreau project. People start speculating about Gina Carano. Then there's a media report that Gina Carano is dangerous, <clears throat> and then Gina Carano says, "By the way, I'll be there two days instead of one." Okay, balls in your court now, woke fandom. And that's what you got to do. So if any of these projects come to fruition, I'll be surprised. But the other, the other aspect of all of this stuff, with, with the Ray movie especially... Are these comments uh, that uh, that we've seen online? Finally, Star Wars is going to be shaped by a woman. Finally, Star Wars has a woman in control. Excuse me. Wait a minute. Who's 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 Kathleen Kennedy? Who's Michelle Rezwan? Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, Katie Sackhoff. I mean. I'm sure Katie's got some input into into how her character is portrayed and written and stuff. Um, I mean, the force is female. That whole team that 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 Hollywood Reporter photograph that showed most of the executive staff at Lucasfilm were all women. Have I missed anybody in the in the current in the current crop of executives? I mean, you got. Um, I don't know. Haven't they all disappeared? Well, I mean, you got Patty Jenkins, who was going to be doing Rogue One, and everybody was perfectly fine with Patty Jenkins doing Rogue One. I mean, there's there's tons of material. There was even an acknowledgement of of uh, uh, Michael Stackpole's books, and everybody was real excited about it. And then Wonder Woman eighty four came out. Wonder Woman 84 came out, and Patty Jenkins' career imploded. Not only was... Not only was... Uh, uh, Rogue, One, uh, Rogue Squadron tanked, but also the Cleopatra project that she was doing with Gal Gadot. And that's still in development, I hear. It's out there but Patty Jenkins isn't directly involved with it yet anymore. She was going to direct. And apparently, she and Gal Gadot had some words, and Jenkins is just still on board as a producer now. She's not directing. 
But everybody was perfectly fine with Patty Jenkins directing a Rogue Squadron movie. So it's not like the idea is unfamiliar and alien and terrible for us. And then, those of us who remember, if you go back to the original Star Wars, which is called Star Wars... That movie is successful due in no small part to the contributions of the editing team. There were three editors on that, one of them being Marsha Lucas, who was married to George Lucas at the time, was the primary, I believe, the primary editor on Star Wars. Fixed that movie. Made that movie what it was. And then you get to The Empire Strikes Back first draft of which was written by Lee Brackett. And Lee Brackett, she's had a very long career as a science fiction novelist and writer. She wrote the first draft of Empire prior to, prior to her death. And then Lawrence Kasdan picked up and wrote a draft. And during production, that movie, The Empire Strikes Back, was ghostwritten by Carrie Fisher. And I believe Carrie had quite a bit of input in the writing on Return of the Jedi as well. Because that was something that she did. She was a ghostwriter for a number of movies. So this idea that Star Wars is finally going to get the input of a woman is just dumb. And it's an argument that you don't need to even step into because it is on the face of it, on the on on the the very idea, very notion of it, it is absurd. But you have people that are building into, buying into a narrative, and the narrative must be put out there. Have we watched Icons Unearthed? Star Wars on Amazon. I have not... I don't know that I've seen that one. Mm -hmm. um, my my favorite one out of all that mess... Uh, I, 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 the, the documentaries, Empire of Dreams. That's a great one. Uh, but I will, I will check out uh, Icons on Earth. Um, Countercurrents. Crafty Booms is over here suggesting that maybe Countercurrents should interview us. Um, I'm not familiar with that channel. Maybe we'll have to look up. <clears throat> uh, Stop says, uh, read Making of the Empire book, didn't see any of that. About Carrie Fisher? That didn't come out until... When did that come out? That she was... That she had ghostwritten Empire. Was it after... Remember. Was it after she died? Maybe. Yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't a publicized thing. It was something that... Uh, it was something that came out... I want to say it came out after she died. Um, and nobody knew that she was a right. I mean, yeah, she had written postcards from the edge and she had written some other stuff, you know, prose, narrative stuff, books. But I don't think anybody really knew that she was doing, uh, uh, ghostwriting for screenplays until I, I think it was after she died. I think so. I think so. If she, if she ghost, if she ghost wrote under the rainbow, I'd hate to see what it looked like before. Because Under the Rainbow was... 
She goes through a sister act as well, Dave says. Mm-hmm. By the way, Dave's good to see you here. Um, I'll have to I'll have to find that icons unearthed uh, thing uh, and and check that out. So that's the Star Wars discussion. Take everything at this point. Take everything with a grain of salt. Take a breath before you respond to anybody. Take a double breath before you react to anyone. Let's all kind of not lean into the backbiting and the neener-neenering and stuff. Speaking of which, just one one quick thing about the Comicsgate stuff. Stop it. If you are participating in that brouhaha, please take a step back. Nobody is doing anything any good by diving into all of that. I know that people are frustrated. I know just like everything else a successful movement is going to have tribes and the tribes are going to come out against each other once once you defeat the enemy then the fighting amongst ourselves must take place because you know allies of convenience allies of the moment don't necessarily stay allies cam says it's not a movement it's only six people in a club i you know i it could it, i i just i see all of this stuff going on it's, it, it's like the calendar gate right with with josie that lasted a week and a half longer than it should have it, it lasted 2 weeks longer than it should have that was ridiculous we we get into arguments about the most silliest of things and we get into arguments about substantial things too no question But there are some discussions that don't necessarily need to take place out in the public sphere. There are some discussions that are best left in private. Not on DMs where you can post them later. Have a conversation. Have a face-to-face. Get on the phone. Have an in-person conversation with somebody. If you've got a beef with someone, deal with it. Quit trying to knife each other in the back on social media for for points. And I'm not saying anybody in particular is doing this. It's... Stop it. It doesn't do you any good. Because it's like politics. You got people in the middle who are looking at both sides going, you're all crazy. Now you got people on the right, you got people on the left, and they're going to stay where they are. The polarization is here. And it's, it's here no matter what we're talking about. We're talking about politics, you're talking about entertainment, you're talking about books, you're talking about culture, anything cultural. The tribes have been formed, and you're in one of the groups. Whether you want to be or not. You know, Neon's run into this. It's like, I'm not Comics Gate. I'm not Phantom Menace. You know, we're, we're not MAGA. We're not, we're not right-wing. Except... You espouse any particular type of of opinion that falls in line with 
what conservatives are saying, then you get stuck being lumped in as a conservative. If you say something that kind of aligns with what the left, the progressives, the Democrats are saying, then you automatically say, oh, well, you must be a, you must be a left winger. You must be a communist. You must be a socialist. It's fascist. What, all the name calling is just ridiculous. Stop it. Step away from the doom scrolling. Have yourself a decent cup of coffee. Go outside. Well, maybe not today. <laughs> At least not here. It's what? How how cold is it right now? Out there, uh, minus. Are, are we all... above zero yet? Well, it was when I was out. I can see what it says now. I just, I just think two. that it's two. It's two degrees outside now. It's okay. two degrees right now. Two degrees. And we're supposed to get some snow fairly soon here. Yeah. You know that white stuff that comes from the. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, I can't. Too much coffee. <coughs> Keely's got the right of it. United we stand, divided we fall, and that is, and and that's by design. We are put into these groups, we are put into these tribes, whether we want to be or not, in order for us to... Ants in a jar. This example is running around on, on the internet. Red ants, black ants, you put them in a jar, they don't do anything until you shake the jar. Then they go after each other, try to kill each other. Because they've been agitated by who's shaking the jar? Everybody is arguing against each other. Everybody's arguing with each other. Everybody's taking all these positions doing what? Who's shaking the jar? There's your question. Used to be follow the money was the was the thing to do. Follow the money. It's beyond that right now. Who's shaking the jar? Who benefits from all of the arguing and the fighting and the the back and forth, us versus them. In any of these things, whether it's entertainment, culture, politics, religion, whatever, who doesn't matter. Who's shaking the jar? And as stuff comes out about certain things, certain people are going to be shaking that jar pretty hard in order to keep us fighting each other to keep us at each other's throats so they're, we're, not, we're not going against them. I, just saying. Michael says, I'm old, cranky, and disabled. I will tell folks to their face what their problems are politely on your show. <laughs> I haven't quite got to the point where I'm that blunt to people am i i I don't know am i i i generally tend to avoid people so i don't interact with people that much but when i do i i I guess i'm properly polite and bite your tongue i bite my tongue you offer to be the curmudgeonly old man in the room and put them in their place but you never get the chance well We had a we had a thing here. Um, <laughs> you don't have your you don't have your get off my lawn card yet. 
Got mine about a year ago. Um, I, I, I have one. He's had one for I've as had, long as I've known him. I've had one for a long, a long while. Um, there was that, there was that moment here not too long ago at the doctor's office. <laughs> I really, I man, I'm really surprised. He bit his. I tongue. did. I did. I was sitting there going, "Really, really, really," but I didn't. I didn't. I was polite. I was nice. <clears throat> I was well. I was at least polite. And no. We didn't have to reset the calendar for me. No, no, we didn't. It was a. It, it was, was the a routine. kid. It was routine. No, it wasn't. No, that wasn't that one. The. It was the one. The one where I was ready to lay into that one that you. Saw. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the calendar for incidents. Yeah. No. Yeah. We haven't. We haven't reset the clock yet. I'll, for I, me, I've thought about the it. kid. I've thought about it. Yeah, Michael says, "See, Mindy, you're looking well rested, and I am too." So. Thank you. Thank you. Am I looking well rested? I just I just shaved and got a haircut. I don't know that I'm I'm looking. He cleans rested. up well. I don't sleep that much. I don't sleep as much as I should. Because you go to bed way uh, I go to bed way too late. late, and then you're up early. I lately I've been up early because of senior office dog. Thank you very much. It's too cold to leave the door <laughs> open. He comes in the last. What three mornings he's <laughs> He'll come in. He shakes himself so the so jingle 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 on his on his collar. And he looks adorable in his little sweater. And he's like, but he only does it to him. <laughs> he comes at up night in the bed, and he's doing this because he needs to go outside, or he wants to eat, or he wants my spot on the bed. And he <laughs> will do that. He will get Jason up to get he his spot on the bed. He is a sneak that way. So he he gets he gets me up, and, and we go outside, and it's really cold outside. And he does his business. He comes back in. He's all all ready to go. And he's ready to go. He, it's time to get up. He's like, no, I don't want to get up yet. <laughs> and then he goes in there and he climbs all over her, <laughs> which gets the other one up because junior office dog, being a miniature pincher, burrow, burrows. She's lazy. She she burrows under the cover. So she comes in and she's overheated. <laughs> and the, you know, Alfie How coming did that in go again? Alfie coming in and climbing all over gets gets Penny up. And now Penny doesn't want to go outside. <laughs> because it's cold. And he hurts my delicate toes. <laughs> so she has to carry her. Have to carry her out into the dog run. <laughs> put her on the ground and say, Go. And then, stupid head dog, instead of finding a spot right where I put her down, right here, let's just do, just do your business, she goes to the back end of the dog run, <laughs> all the way to the back, into a place where I cannot get her because she'll go behind the shed, <coughs> finds her spot, I guess, and then... 
she doesn't want to come back because he's cold on her toes. My toes are not going to walk through. I'm going to go all the way back there. Take it, retrieve this dog. <coughs> now, the best part with a senior office dog. So, you know, while we were on our trip, we had the kid take care of the place, take care of the dogs, all that. And I, you know, I'm saying, hey, because the dogs are used to sleeping on our bed and, you know, there's plenty of room being as big as it is, then you can sleep in the bed. But I warned them, you should sleep on my side because the other side is Alfie's. So apparently he went ahead and was sleeping on Jason's side, which meant office dog went over onto the other side and would whine and whine and whine. And so the kid is getting absolutely no rest because we've got whiny dog. And finally, Jason's like, what side of the bed are you sleeping on? Well, that's the problem. You're on his side. And of course, as soon as James moves over and starts sleeping on my side, Alfie's perfectly happy because he's got his side of the bed. <laughs> yeah. And he will trick Jason into getting up so that he can come back. Like, he'll come, whine, 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 and then they'll go out and, okay, show me Alfie, show me Alfie, and they'll go out into the kitchen. Alfie will run around real fast because Jason doesn't move that fast. And by the time Jason gets back in the bedroom, Alfie has snuggled back into his spot on Jason's side of the bed. He steals my spot. He, he has now, gotten now to tricking. He's, he's done he's this. this. He's done Penny. this to Penny too. Yeah, he, he will be on. Penny will sit there and be sitting right next to me on the couch. You know, right up against me, and he'll sit there and like pop up like. What's this? Is there something outside? So he'll go blazing off the couch and, you know, like he's going to go outside. And Penny's like, what? What? I don't want to be left alone. So she gets up and hauls out, goes running outside because she can get through the door easier. And Alfie just turns back around, walks back up to the couch and plops right down next to me on the couch where she was. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that's what she does. That's what that's what Alfie does. That's what Alfie does. Yeah. The dog's smarter than Jason. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, dog, the dog is not smarter than me. I, thank you very much. <laughs> <coughs> Are are you are you quite finished? Are you okay over there? <laughs> With what? Laughing at the dog or just laughing at just you in general? <laughs> coughing up a lung because you've been laughing so hard? <coughs> I'll yeah. get over it. <laughs> All right. Uh okay, so let's let's real quick let me let me go through a couple of things here on what's coming up in the week. <clears throat> Tomorrow, I don't know. Uh, tomorrow, I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing. But Wednesday, Paul DeGarabedian will be here. Uh, we're going to be looking back at the box office for 2023. We'll be looking forward to what possibly might be happening in 2024. 
You know, Marvel only has one movie coming out this year. It's going to be the Deadpool movie, so we'll see what happens. Then on Thursday... I thought that was pushed back. Uh, no, that's oh. the only... Well, I mean, it may be pushed back, but it's still the only one that's coming in 2024. Then in uh, then on Thursday, Lee Romero will be our guest. He is an animatronics expert, and uh, we'll be talking about that. It's good to see that animatronics are still out there uh, and not everything AI is CG. And then on Friday, open line Friday, all day. Or no, well, all th- all through the show, uh, we will be doing uh, we will be doing that. Uh, Christopher's asking, does that mean we're having a soft reboot? You and I need to have a conversation, sir, about some stuff. Um, not a soft reboot, but. I have I have some ideas. I have some ideas. So we'll I'll send you a note. Anyway, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a real quick break. When we get back, we'll keep talking. We're gonna talk Star Trek. We're gonna talk Doctor Who. <coughs> and we might talk about the dogs a little bit more. So, you know. There it is. Be right back. Stand by. We'll be right back on Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Sci-Fi for Me is about to take you on an incredible journey into the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. Conventions and fandom. Previews and reviews of movies and television. Sci-Fi for Me is working to be the most popular science fiction magazine in the solar system. Subscribe now and enter the fantastic world of Sci-Fi for Me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here along with Mrs. Boss Bendy. She's over there. How's everybody doing? Manamana. 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 All right. So let's talk for a minute about. What do we want to do first? Star Trek, Star Wars. Uh, we did Star Wars. We went Star Trek, Doctor Who, Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Apparently, uh, the reboot going on over on Peacock. Apparently, they now have a showrunner. So there's there's the news there. Star Trek. Do I get a mic? Hey, you turn my mic. Yeah, on. Yeah, I turn your mic on. What do you want to talk about? Do you would you want to talk about uh, Battlestar Galactica? No. Okay. Well, then why do you need it? Well, I was. Or you want to talk about Star Trek? I can talk Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Star Trek. Why talk Star Trek? I guess. Maybe. I mean, you got pictures of Todd to show off. Oh yeah. Well, I don't have it where I can actually show it to people. Did I? So one of the things that I had said to Jason when we were getting our trip put together was getting out to Vasquez Rocks because, you know, you're out there and slap on my head that I lived 15 minutes from there for how long and 
never realized it. So anyway, so we were going to make the trip. It's as deep into L.A. as he got. And to save him the trouble of dealing with L.A., we went up north over the desert or across the high desert versus, you know, through the Imperial Valley and or Empire Valley, Inland Empire, whatever, and going up that direction. But um, so, yeah, we did it. And it's <laughs> kind of in the middle of a neighborhood, which you don't really get the idea of when you see it. No, see, I, I that was the biggest thing that surprised me. We go to Vasquez Rocks. I'm expecting Vasquez Rocks to be out in the desert. I mean, it is in the desert. So much so, so much so that we we packed two five-gallon cans of gasoline because I didn't want to get caught out in the desert without any any way of filling up the tank if we ran into this stuff. We did go through desert getting out there. I mean... I don't know. By the way, hi, hi, Alexander. This, this, it, it, it did surprise me that we're up in the hills now. We're, you know, winding around through neighbors and it was like, well, there are neighborhoods, there are houses, there's green. What's going on? I, I don't know what's happening right now. And we turn into the Vasquez Rocks compound, and there's there's greenery, there's trees, there's bushes, there's there's foliage. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's houses across the street. There's a ranch where you can get and go what? riding on horses. <laughs> well, and I figure I, I, it doesn't surprise me that they made an attraction out of it because, you know, people go to see it and they go hiking or whatever. But I figured it would be out in a remote area and it's not. And you well, walk it's in probably there like, built up since. Back. Well, that's true. That's true. That's I mean, true. it's one of those things. That's true. So, yes, we went to Vasquez Rocks. And we had <clears throat> we had a little bit of fun with Todd. Here here is Todd. Now mind you, Todd had been sitting in the back seat of the car. <laughs> in <laughs> he's been sitting back there. He was properly strapped in with his seatbelt on. And you know, nobody I don't think anybody ever made a Notice no, nobody ever that we, had, the back, that we had a skeleton in the backyard. Full back size, there. by the way. <laughs> and it was not back there for us to 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 be able to take advantage of the carpool lane either. But there's there is Todd uh, there in Vasquez Rocks, and you'll notice. Uh, I don't know if you'll see behind uh, behind Todd here. Uh, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock searching for Todd. And, uh, yes, that is, that is the, uh, the 1975 Mego action figure set there. Uh, let me uh, hit that. Oh, stop there. So let me, let me get to the other There they are, right there. Kirk and Spock. And these are original vintage 1975 Kirk and Spock. Uh, the Spock Lost his leg. figure I have had since I was a kid. That's an original. I've had it 
for well 76 77 somewhere around there kirk is an ebay purchase as are the 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 belts i had to basically kind of reassemble uh this stuff um mccoy's head is around here somewhere <laughs> i couldn't tell you where but mccoy's uh mccoy's head is is around here uh, someplace. So there are adventures. I sent you the full shot of the panoramic. Oh, the panoramic? Yeah. Oh, did you, did you mean, send that to me on this other one? I Where did you send it to me? I can send it back to you. Should be on the usual. Well, while you're sending it, while you're sending me that, I don't, I don't know that I saw that. Did you? When did you NC, send it? To me? NC, uh, Kirk and Spock also got to. You know, get a little love when we went and stopped at Meteor Crater. Yeah, the Meteor Crater outside. Uh, yeah, it's in in New Mexico, isn't it? Or is it? Uh, Arizona? No, it's, it's in Arizona. Arizona. It's outside Flagstaff. And this guy over here has never seen Starman. Where's? All right. Well, while while you're looking up that, I will I will show people this. This is us. At Superman Canyon. Outside of Gallup. <laughs> Outside of Gallup, New Mexico. This is Superman Canyon. This is the spot. We are standing on the spot here where Lois Lane died in the first Superman movie, 1978. Uh, this is a piece of New Mexico. The rest of that sequence they shot in Canada, but this this is where they shot that part where she falls into the into the crack in the ground and dies and then Superman comes back and after after zipping around the planet and turning back time he comes in and talks to her and it, this is this is the spot this is the spot where Jimmy Olsen runs up and interrupts them before they could have a kiss Now this. mind you while we were driving and there are cows <laughs> while we're driving you come across the uh, by the way, the picture's been sent. Okay. Um, there are, you know, they've got the warning signs for deer that are four pointers, and then deer that are nine pointers. You know, falling rocks, soft shoulder, etc., and cows. And we're like, cows, really? So we we get all the way from you know going through Colorado, going through. Arizona, New Mexico, down to California, and we're coming back. And it happens that, yes, there was that big snowstorm that went through the desert. We're leaving, going through Gallup, and we were going to go up to Superman Canyon, which is just outside, and cows in the road. Mm -hmm. And then we sit there, and we get up to where Superman Canyon is, and there's Cows. There's cows standing in the road, <laughs> looking uh, at us like we're nuts. And and Road Vagabond Life says, "I can't believe you go on vacation with props. It it's not a normal thing for for us to do." Okay, first of all, we've been on one other vacation that was non work related. We took the kid, went out to St. Louis, and we saw John Williams with the St. Louis Symphony out there, mm -hmm. and we. I mean, it was the only other trip that we've really taken that's not going down to visit his folks has been to Chicago, but that was for C2E2, so that's yeah. work-related trip. All right, so here is here is the panoramic shot that Mindy that Mindy took. Todd at Vasquez Rocks, and 
I'm glad there aren't. I, I'm glad you can't see any other people there. But there he is. There's Todd in Vasquez Rocks. And the only reason that we had Todd and Kirk and Spock here is because we we went to Vasquez Rocks and I was like, okay, well there's there's an opportunity uh, that we're not going to get because you can't just drive down there on a whim. Uh, so it was like, okay, well, they, and and the 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 bit where I beam out in the in the spot that we were in at the very beginning. That uh, was not that, in the vault. We that shot is. that in Vasquez. We shot that at Vasquez Rock. So there, there are, you know, every now and again, we get. Uh, I get an idea in my head. So, well, if we come back, then you know this would be an opportunity. We'd have, while we're, it's it's taking advantage of the fact that we were there, and I had my I had my. Uh, I am sending pictures to him to show you guys, so my, make sure you I had my Orville him. had my Orville shirt, uh, Orville jacket. So there's that. What do you what do you, what do you keep sending me? We're going to talk Star Trek. We are talking Star Trek. We're not talking Star. We're Trek. We're talking Star Trek. We're talking. We're talking our stuff. Um, e, there's well, me and Todd, and uh, and Kirk and Spock, and a bunch of people in the background that we don't know. <clears throat> but there's there's me and Todd. Todd was a trooper. Todd was a trooper because Todd, <clears throat> Todd, in, <coughs> Todd encountered some difficulty after we got done shooting. Being a red shirt, you're you're at risk, right? <laughs> it's not it's not all the time though. <clears throat> Road Vagabond Life says, next you need to go where Kirk and the Lizard had a cheesy fight. That's where we were. <laughs> that's, that's where we were. That, that's where Vasquez rocks us. That's, that's where we were. Uh, hopefully Todd isn't sag. Todd, Todd is not sag, <laughs> but he does tend to sag. He does have a tendency to sag. But, uh, but after we get done... I'm I'm taking I'm I've showed a few. I'm just not gonna turn this into the Todd show. But after after we got done, um, I broke Todd's leg by accident because Todd has got the Todd has got the um, the skeleton. You know, it's it's you know pins and screws and and you have to ratchet the joints and whatnot and when i was trying to bend him to to get back into the seat into the car i broke his leg so oh i had one other one here gonna... oh you're gonna show you want me to show this one all right i'll show this one even though it's not completely right so so this is me well. recording this is me uh, uh, reenacting uh, Kirk throwing the boulder off the off the top of Vasquez Rocks, and we do have video of me running up the ramp. He did it three times. <laughs> I did it three times, and I should have looked at the footage after the first time <laughs> because <sighs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> because why? <laughs> because when you zoom out, when you when you zoom out in that shot. 
the ramp that I'm going up in the peak, it's out there. That's supposed to be that's supposed to be in the center of the shot. And it, I did what not, you told me to. It's not. All right, okay, so, now yeah. here I just sent you yeah. two pictures. Okay, so here's one's the original picture of this Kirk. Is Kirk and the Gorn. And then this is then, the picture of what it looks like now. And this is it now. This is this is Vasquez Rocks as of three weeks ago. You'll notice there's no snow on the ground. Thank you very much. Although there was snow at Superman Canyon. But there it is. There's Vasquez Rocks. As it appears now versus 1966. Now, as I was also And no, saying, I did not build a cannon. And nobody dressed up as a Gorn. Thank goodness. Wow. That would have been... That would have been bad. And here's these... <clears throat> Because, like I, I guess said, I could have dressed Todd up as a Gorn. You didn't want to sit there and go through all the rigmarole of whatever. Right. All right. Kirk and Spock on the rim of the meteor crater in, uh, in New Mexico. If only we dug around for the minerals. Uh, Sci-Fi says, I can hear the music. Funny enough. See, this is the weird thing. That music that everybody thinks about. The fight music. That what that hadn't been written yet. That music doesn't show up in Arena. That music is in a mock time when Spock is going through his, his hormonal shift. That's that's a later episode. That music isn't that music isn't in this episode. Just uh, just FYI. So we had we had fun 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 with Mego fun with action figures. <clears throat> I I we should have brought we should have brought some Star Wars figures. By the way, no, we didn't. No, no we no, no, didn't. No. I know we yeah. should have. Snob says I can still hear the music. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy it's an easy thing to do. Vulcan Vulcan puberty. Alexandra said. Uh. Let's see here. Alexander says, I've seen the word SAG so much, I can't help but associate it with Screen Actors Guild. Yep. Um, let's see. There's Stephanie. Stephanie in the chat. Welcome. Good to see you. Um, let's see. We went to some famous... I don't know how famous it is. I mean, people people who were people who know about these places would Our probably nerds. appreciate it. But you know, <laughs> I mean, anyway. all right, let's talk Star Trek. I tell you what, let you vamp. Can you, can you vamp for a minute? Well, I'm and just pulling up pictures. Let me, so let that me go refill. Let me go refill these. my coffee, and you go. Vamp. I can't pull up all of these pictures. You you vamp for a minute. Tell whatever. Story you want to take. I'm going to go get some more coffee. I'll be right back. Go ahead. <sighs> um, let's see. So, yeah, as as we were doing this trip, um, we while we were in Gallup, we did stay at a hotel that was recommended by um, Jana, who's in the chat. And uh, actually, her father recommended it. And it is... The uh, El Rancho Hotel, which is in Gallup, right there on Route 66, 
and a lot of the stars would stay there when they were filming in the area. And of course, my mom being my mom put, you know, sends me the list of like practically every celebrity that has stayed at this hotel. And I'll have Mr. Boss uh, send or show you the hotel itself. Um, it is cute. It's Western style, something you find, you know, or see possibly in a Western film. And the inside's very cozy, and all the rooms are, you know, rooms are named after actors and stuff. When, with what we got, we ended up being on the motel side, so not the main homestead of it. And they, that was more themed toward not so much Westerns, but Route 66. Very, very interesting uh, setup that was in there. But, um, but yeah, no, it was cute. You know, they've got a lot of stuff all around, uh, you know, for Route 66, of course, and for the Westerns and lots of snow because it had snowed. Um, one of my fun parts of this trip was the kid made some comment to me. So I said I was going to sit there and send him a picture of every toilet that we stopped at and I did so he from the first stop on the way out to the last stop on the way in whether it was in the hotel room in the restaurant or anything like that he got a picture of the toilet and that's not easy when you're in places that have only outhouses because you want to be tasteful in your outhouse toilet picture and not show anything else um, let me see. Oh, while we were down in the Phoenix area, we uh, had stopped for the night before heading out to L.A. And we ate at this place, Carlsbad Tavern. And the place is set up to be after Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico, even though we're in Arizona. So... We're in the hotel room. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. So I'm scrolling along on, you know, go over to Google Maps, hit restaurants and see what comes up and sat there and started scrolling through. And the only thing I see is Batcave. And at that point, I'm like, I know where we're eating. I didn't look at anything else except for the fact that it said Batcave. <laughs> and so we did eat there. It is a bat cave. Um, he was like, where are we going? And I'm like, oh, you'll see. You'll get a good kick out of this. And he did. I sent you more pictures to show. All right. Did you tell him I fixed the door? Oh, while okay. we were at Hotel... No, no, but let me tell him. Let me tell him. <clears throat> so we get to the Hotel El Rancho. In Gallup, New Mexico, on Route 66. And <clears throat> the door was open when we got there. And it's, uh, let's see. Yeah, here we go. So, Hotel El Rancho, this is where 
all of the Western actors, stars, movie stars, stay in when they were shooting out there. So we get to the, there, and the door is the door is open. All right, Stephanie's got to go. Good to see you. Thanks for dropping in. See you, Stephanie. So we're like, okay, well, we can't close the door. So I leave Minnie at the hotel. I leave, I leave her there. I go to the front desk and let them know we can't, we can't close the door. <clears throat> we're talking about the fact that the, because the, the little tongue that sticks out that you catch the door wasn't, wasn't working. So I was like, is there, you know, maintenance people, can they come and fix it real quick? Well, no, the maintenance people left two hours ago. Okay. Maybe we need a different room, but I didn't want to mess with getting a different room and having to lug all our stuff around. <coughs> it probably just needs some WD-40. And the WD-40, of course, is locked up because the maintenance people are gone. And then I remembered, then I remembered an article that I had read about alternate uses for Vicks Vapor Rub. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. I'm going to give you, as, as the old man in the room, <clears throat> I'm going to give you something that you can use. Vicks Vapor Rub can be used the same as WD-40. If you've got some kind of a stuck hinge or something stuck different ways and whatnot, you can actually use WD-40 as a lubricant or, 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 or Vicks Vapor Rub as a lubricant <clears throat> on stuff, on machinery, on parts. So I, I, told, I told Mindy, because we're on the phone, I, I said, smear some Vicks Vapor Rub on it. Let's see what happens. And sure enough, <coughs> I saved the day because it fixed vapor rub and it fixed the door. I should have gotten a discount for that. And I didn't. Now, did you show them the inside of the hotel? Because mm. I sent that to you, too. I am not yet. Uh, so, suddenly, the conversation topic becomes MacGyver. <laughs> um, I'm thriftier than a Boy Scout. See, the funny thing is, it's not really so much the Boy Scout stuff as it's... <clears throat> I'm I'm learning a lot of things to 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 do <clears throat> do ish because of the different things that we've been studying as far as the, the garden and self sustainability and and taking care of ourselves here and alternate forms of you know cleaning product you know natural cleaning products how to use lemon and vinegar and ginger you know, all these different things you know these natural recipes at home and, and that kind of thing. So, so this is what we have started to learn. All these different things that we could do with stuff we already got. So we're not spending a bunch of money. Here's the inside of the lobby there at the El Rancho Hotel, which is where, uh, which is where we stayed. Um, and this is, you, t you told them about the restaurant? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. You told, all right, this is the Batcave restaurant thing. Bats. Hey, it said Bats. bat cave. It I mean, did. what else do you need? Yeah. Where are we going? <laughs> it's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Star Trek for a second. We've, we've been off topic here for about 20 minutes now. <laughs> Us? Digress. <laughs> Weatherman joining the chat. Hello. Good to see you. 
So here's here's what I'm thinking about Star Trek. Star Trek is not dead. I don't think. <coughs> Star, well, it's it's not. <coughs> I think that there's a chance but other people have to be in charge. And there are rumors swirling about that Paramount might merge with Warner Brothers Discovery. I don't know how much of a, of a possibility that is, but when you stop and consider that you have uh, Tom Cruise making a deal with Paramount with Warner Brothers, Tom Cruise makes a deal with Warner Brothers, and we get the news in the same week that Top Gun 3 is in the works at Paramount. How do you reconcile those two things? Because if if Cruise has a deal now with Warner Brothers Discovery, but he's also doing Top Gun 3 at Paramount, is there a possibility that this is all going to merge and Top Gun 3 is going to be at Paramount, Warner Brothers, Discovery, whatever that, that entity is? That's one. Little nugget. You have fan reaction to the fact that William Shatner has called out Paramount and Paramount Plus for leaving Captain Kirk off of all of the marketing stuff. And he basically says, they don't like me. And for, for reasons, William Shatner doesn't bend the knee to this, you know, political, ideological crap that a lot of these youngsters are steeped in. And he's got a very strong presence on Twitter, and I think that's going to draw some eyeballs. That's going to get some attention. Well, it's like that meme I sent you. You know, never argue with a person over the age of 50. They're tired of everybody else's BS. That's right. That's right. We are. That's right. We are. So you've got that as well. So there's going to be some there's going to be some attention on Paramount. And I think that when when you look at the fan reaction to Picard season three, and the fact that that Terry Metalis's crew has won a number of awards coming out of that, I think they I think they pulled in some People's Choice awards. And some Saturn Awards. And just, they're, they're pulling in some different accolades, more than any of the rest of the stuff that Paramount is making in the Star Trek realm, more than anything else Kurtzman is doing. I think at some point, Kurtzman might be done. Maybe they're just waiting for the contract to run out. Then on the flip side of it, you get this news that J.J. Abrams is still working on the Star Trek Vor. But is also now working on an origin story set years before the 2009 Star Trek reboot. The Calvin Trek movie. And nobody's asked for this. Nobody wants this. This is like Solo. Nobody wants it. Nobody asked for it. Nobody cares about it. It doesn't matter. And it feels like... To me, it feels like a PR play. Because if there's talk of Paramount Studios 
being spun off of the CBS group and being obtained by Warner Brothers Discovery, then you need positive press. You need good press about that in order to increase the value of the deal. And if there's going to be some more Star Trek movies, because everybody likes the Star Trek TV shows, subjectively, you know, some people like it, some people don't. But in the media's eyes, in the trades, these are very popular. They're very successful. So there's value to the Star Trek brand that has not been there for a while. Now, whatever you may think about Strange New Worlds or Prodigy or, or what's the other one, Lower Decks or Discovery or anything like that, Picard, the, Picard has really kind of raised everybody's appreciation for what could be. Because there's a lot of chatter about Star Trek Legacy. Let's do the let's do the next show, right? So it's maybe an optimum time to sell Paramount. I don't know that Warner Brothers is necessarily the best place for it, the best fit, because we see with the Disney Fox deal how that's kind of become a mess. I don't think that a Warner Brothers Paramount merger is is a good idea, but nobody asked me what I think. Uh, Dave says Kurtzman is still holding on, is holding on hope for Section Thirty One. I last I saw, I believe that they were shooting it. It was in production. Uh, but now, it's, but remember, it's going to be a two-hour movie. It's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be a series. It's not even going to be a limited series. It's just going to be a movie now. So they keep. Stripping away all of the different things. I think an origin story for Kurt, we already got it. It was a book called Best Destiny. I think Diane Carey wrote it. I think it was Diane Carey. I don't have to go, go look. Best Destiny. It's Jim Kirk's origin story. We had an origin story for Spock. In the animated series, uh, the animated episode yesteryear, we got an origin story of sorts for Chekhov and Scotty and Sulu in the book, The Kobayashi Maru. We got an origin story-ish for McCoy, well, for McCoy and Kirk's friendship in uh, Centaurus. We have um, an origin story for the Enterprise in the book Final Frontier. We have an origin story for the crew of the Enterprise, their first adventure together, called Enterprise, the First Adventure by Vonda McIntyre. So we don't need an origin story movie from J.J. Abrams. The only person who needs an origin story from J.J. Abrams is J.J. Abrams. Because when was the last time J.J. Abrams had any kind of a successful anything? All of his projects have been shunted aside, cast aside, put on the back burner, canceled outright. When's the last time Abrams made anything that actually made it to screen? I don't know. Right. Pre-pandemic. He said all of this stuff that's been in... Diane Carey wrote Best Death. Okay, thank you. I thought that was right. Why... Why do we need it? We don't. Abrams needs it. Abrams needs a win because Star Wars was a failure. And you can point to the box office numbers and you say, well, you made a bunch of money, but it didn't make a bunch of money. And 
the fan backlash was such that it was not a success. Mazer thinks Rise of Skywalker was JJ's last film. Was it really? Was it that long ago? Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Road Vagabond Life. There will not be a Trek movie where they can't shoehorn the Borg into it that rules out origins. Well, I don't know. I mean, you could do an origin story. You could do it, but why bother? This is... This is like, okay, let me remind people, because people are just like, oh, we don't need an origin story. Let me go back, cast your mind back to 20 years ago, 30 years ago. There was discussion, this, this is not a new idea, this origin story idea, because Harv Bennett when he was producing the Star Trek movies, Harve Bennett had the idea to do a Starfleet Academy movie and do the origins of Kirk, Spock, and company in that movie, in the Starfleet Academy movie. And that, that idea has bounced around back and forth every now and again. It'll pop up and... and be circulated a little bit and then it'll go away again. This is probably not anything more than that. If we were to do any kind of a Starfleet Academy thing, they they did the video game and they shot some stuff for that and you could you could do a Starfleet Academy series. And I have always thought that you could do a Starfleet anthology television show and you could do various different episodes on various different ships with various different crews and tell lots of different kinds of stories. But this origin story idea is not going to fly. It never has before. Nobody's ever been interested in it other than the suits at the, at the studio because an origin story means younger actors, which means less money spent on cast. That's all it is. We want to make a movie for less than $600 bajillion, so let's get actors who don't cost as much. That's all this is. And if they keep going with this thing, uh, talking about you know the origin thing or Star Trek IV, which is not Star Trek IV. Star Trek IV was the one with the whales. But if they do this fourth Kelvin Trek movie, if it ever gets off the ground, it won't be as successful because nobody wants it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about this story universe. Nobody cares about Kelvin Trek. Nobody cares about Kurtzman Trek. Hageman Trek, maybe a little bit. You know, with Prodigy. <clears throat> Prodigy is really kind of the bright spot in all of this. It's the best out of any of the new stuff. Strange New Worlds well, is okay. Pro well, Prodigy is not bad. It's funny because I had a friend. He sat there and messaged me. He's like... I know that it's animated, but do you watch Prodigy? And I, you know, it's like just because it's animated doesn't mean we're not going to give it a try. You know, we just didn't like Lower Decks. And I sat there, I'm like, love Prodigy. And I'm like, I was upset that they canceled it, but I'm happy that they found a new home for it to be able to continue on. Yeah. Because I want to see more of that. So yeah. I was just saying. 
new new uh, person in the chat. OG micro micro pen, pen, penis. Oh, with all the all the new cultural awakening movies, do you think the next Deadpool will be about Gaza and Marvel's new thing will be the next? No, that it won't. It won't. That's that's the kind of stuff that doesn't. You just it, no. It, it doesn't. Marvel is in a good deal of hurt right now. Marvel needs a win. And the fact that Marvel <clears throat> is only going to be putting out one movie this year is Deadpool 3. That's very telling. Right? I what? Swear. What? You got you to look on your face. Well, no. I'm trying to think. I saw a headline, and I'm going to go through my trash. Um, layoffs at Marvel? Oh, there's going to be layoffs everywhere. Well, no, I know everywhere is getting it, but... I haven't seen Marvel specifically. I saw something with Marvel. Well, if you can find that. I'm going to look. Okay. I'm going to look. I know we're getting we're getting more layoffs at Amazon. We're getting layoffs at Twitch. We're getting layoffs at Pixar. Pixar is going to be laying off 20% of their, of their employees, I think, is the number that I saw. That's not going to stop anytime soon, by the way. You're going to have a number of of, of those stories uh, coming out. Um, <clears throat> Mazur says, Star Wars movie making was modeled to some extent after Marvel films in terms of fan service, plot arc points, as I know. Yeah, well, Mar Marvel also... Uh, Marvel also was trying to do... They were trying to ca have their cake and eat it, too, by adapting-ish, loosely adapting, uh, certain popular uh, runs in the comic books. You know, Secret Wars and and Invasion and, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know that they've got the chops to do anything uh, any more with Marvel than what they've done. Fantastic Four is not going to be what everybody wants it to be. Okay, I found what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, what it ended up being was that um, there was an article stating that Pixar was going to be laying off people, mm -hmm. and Cameron had said, or in the you know, it was asking, "Are Marvel and Lucasfilm next?" And according to his source of Bluebird said, don't be surprised if there's more layoffs coming at Marvel and LFL. I think that's probably accurate. But not just not just Marvel and Lucasfilm. Yeah. We're going to see we're we're going to continue to see layoffs at all of the different big companies. All the tech companies, all the streaming services, all the everything this is this is a slimming year. Well, and I just, one of my regular emails that I get um, that goes through just a bunch of everything, um, I know that they had a list of the percentage of the workforce at different companies being let go. Yeah. And it's just like, and I mean, they're not just like, oh, who is this? I mean, they're major industry, different, you know, different industry uh, players. Yeah, it's it's going to be a mess. It's definitely going to be a mess. All right, it is uh, forty-five minutes in the hour. There's hey, there's uh, 
There's Don John Don Don Ranger Power. Hello, uh, happy Doc, Dr. Martin Luther King Day. Hope everyone's weekend was well, despite my Dallas Cowboys defeat at home last evening. Okay, guys, the Cowboys. As much as you love them, they always end up losing. They end up choking. They are not letting their fans down. They have a standard that they have to hold. Therefore, they continuously lose, not letting us down, and we will continue to blindly follow because it doesn't matter win or lose. They're always winners to us. Just saying. I'm not surprised, and I'm proud that they raised or they there met is, my standard. For there this is year. there is a word uh, that that Colonel Sherman Potter used to use on on the TV show Mass, uh, Mash, horse feathers. I don't believe you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it brings to mind the word bourgeois, bourgeois, and it doesn't 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 mean anything because those aren't the Dallas Cowboys. Don't get him started because they fired his coach back in the they day. Fired, no, 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 and no, no, then wait, they wait, went wait, and blew wait, up his wait, wait, stadium. Wait. They fired the coach. The coach. Because you have certain coaches, and I'm not a big football fan. But you he have certain enough coaches. about it, though, for, and we'll give for, his two cents. There, I mean, you had, you have, there are certain coaches that just stamp the, Everything they 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 leave their imprint on the whole thing. Lou Holtz at the University of Arkansas, the Razorbacks. You have you started with Marty Schottenheimer with the with the Chiefs, and now Andy Reid with the Chiefs. You've got um, uh, what's his name in the Houston Oilers, Bum, Bum Phillips at, the, at with the Houston Oilers, long 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 time ago. <clears throat> Tom Landry. And I know that the the team was not doing as well as they could have, but he was he was he was the co- he was the coach, he was the coach. But it wasn't really so much the fact of his track record, success rate, you know, win loss record or whatnot. It was the it was the way that Jerry Jones came in and just unceremoniously and vindictively and 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 stupidly just canned him, just fired him, done. And then... They blew up his stadium. Then they blew up the stadium. No, no, not the stadium. His stadium. The stadium. They blew up the stadium. After that, the... When Jerry... See, when Jerry Jones bought the team, my parents were like, oh, okay. I mean, he's he's Arkansas Razor. He's former Razorback, and he's you know he's from Arkansas. <clears throat> it might be a good thing, you know. Throw some, you know, put some new energy into it. And then he fired Landry. Then he fired Tech Schramm. Everybody, everybody's gone. And then you know Jimmy Johnson comes in. He's he's you know, he's Arkansas Razorback. Okay, well maybe. And they did all of this stuff. And then Jerry Jones turned the Dallas Cowboys into a franchise. And it was it was less about <clears throat> it was less about football, and more about showbiz. And the Dallas Cowboys died that day. So the, the pretenders to the to the to the name 
I mean, they can't even get their uniforms right. Oh, don't even get me started on the uniforms. Hello, powder baby blue pants. Anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> what is she barking at? I don't know. There she goes. Let let's let me let me spend let me spend ten minutes here on Doctor Who. Who? Doctor Who. Who? There is an article out. Apparently, there's a there's a couple of different articles, some interviews with Chutagatwa and Millie Gibson individually. They're not interviewed together. They're these different articles. And apparently, each of them have made comments to the effect that. The second season, okay, so they did the Christmas special. They've been shooting the, 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 the next season, which is coming up in 2024. And they're in the midst of shooting the season after that, the 2025 season. So they're in their second, second season over the 15th Doctor. <clears throat> And they've each made comments that lead people to speculate that they could be done already as the Doctor and the Companion. Because Judy's talking about getting back to theater. And Millie's been talking about various different auditions that she's been doing. And people are starting to wonder, are we only getting two... Two seasons with the 15th Doctor. And if that's the case, what happens after that? Are we getting more David Tennant? Probably not. David Tennant is a... David Tennant's standby bi-generational Doctor is a whole card that they say here in, in, in cards. He's the one that they're holding in reserve in case things go completely sideways and they have to hit a reset button. Keep that in mind. So Judy Gatwa is the 15th Doctor, but he's already saying things that would indicate that maybe he's done being the 15th Doctor. I find that rather interesting. Because was that part of the plan the whole time? That he was just thinking, because originally he was talking about, yeah, I would be the doctor for as long as I want to be the doctor. We, his, his initial comments, his initial interviews, made it sound as if he was here for the long haul. But if he's only going to be here after two years, that indicates a couple of one or two possibilities that I think in, in my mind. One, he never intended to go longer than two or three seasons. Or two, he got into shooting the show and realized this is not what I signed up for, kind of like what, what happened to Eccleston. Or three, he got into it and saw the, the ratings and the backlash and the, and the negative reaction to how the show has been going and decided I better get out now before I get blamed for destroying the show. Cut your losses, as it were. Maybe. I don't know. These are various different possibilities. 
It could very well be that the BBC sat there and said, you know what? Two seasons is enough with this guy. We need somebody else. Because they did it to they did it to Colin Baker. So there are your four possibilities. Either he never intended to really be on for very long, or he decided that it wasn't what he what he thought it was gonna be. Or the backlash and negative response has got him deciding to bail. Or the BBC cut him. There it is. And the BBC is in the midst of a bunch of different things having to do with all of this. Because you, you know, you're getting a bunch of backlash over the fact that you've got these the, the transgender characters that are showing up. And, and the mess that we had from the, the first Tenet special. Who knows? I'm just I'm just spitballing here. But that's what I'm thinking. One one of those things happens. Cam's the nth doctor. Yeah. He's the nth doctor. And well, and I think part of that too is the fa- fans are realizing that D- Russell Davies is not going to retcon the timeless child, at least not yet. Maybe. I don't know. Michael says, as an acting professional, why didn't Jodie Whittaker quit from the backlash? That's a good question. You know, hey, let's stick it out. Win people over. But with Jodie's run, I don't recall seeing a whole lot of negativity specifically about Jody's performance. Let me let me we're going to we're going to parse this a little bit. A lot of the complaints that I saw with regard to the 13th doctor was was directed at Chris Chibnall and the kinds of stories that he was telling. Now Jody doesn't have any any control over that. You know, the hand of the script, this is the script, this is what we shoot. If you're the star of the show, you might have a little bit of influence. But you're not one of the writers. You're you're an actor. You're you're doing what you're told. And when she was first cast, everybody went, "Oh, this is kind of intriguing because she'd been on what was that other uh, what was that other one that uh, uh, no Broadchurch. Um, Broadchurch. She was on Broadchurch, and people say she's a good actress. That was a really good series. Yeah. And and Daniel says Jody's a wonderful doctor. The writing was bad. I I don't know. I didn't see any of it. But if you've got a character, if you have an actor who's putting everything into the character, into the performance to try to raise the level of the of the of the material, a good actor can elevate the material only so far. If the writing is absolute utter dreck, then a talented performer can only do so much. That could have been what happened to Jody, And a lot of people have acknowledged that if Jody had had better stories, if she'd had better scripts, maybe better companions, then her run would be better than it was. Give her the benefit of the doubt. And Michael says, what makes uh, Doc 15 any different? Chutigatwa is his name, is the actor's name. Well, <clears throat> the backlash on this, 
because I don't remember, did Jody ever say anything about the feminist agenda? I mean, I don't remember her doing any interviews that made people kind of look at her sideways and go, mm -hmm. wait a minute. Because, you know, because Patrick Stewart did it. Yeah. When Picard was, was first in development, we're going to make it all about Brexit and Trump. That's not what you say. If Jodie Whittaker had come out and said, oh, well, it's about time a woman played the doctor, you know, did a Brie Larson, then sure, she would suffer some more backlash. Chudagatwa has made statements about the intent to bring in his personal political ideology into the show. Russell T. Davies has also made comments along those lines with regard to, well, here's why we here's why we took Davros out of the wheelchair, because we don't want wheelchairs to be associated with evil. <coughs> so I think I think there's more there's more complaint about Chudy's about 15th Doctor because of the things that he has said in some of his interviews with regard to the direction they're taking the character, the kind of stories he wants to tell, and that sort of thing. And if that's the case, and if the backlash is there because of that, and we know that there are people that are kicking, kicking BBC uh, to the curb because of the transgender stuff, the, that, that agenda that's in, in some of these episodes, not all of them, but in some of them, People are suddenly going, no, done, finished, not even going to watch it, not even going to bother. And you can see the trend line in the specials, the three sixtieth anniversary tenant specials and then Christmas special, the, the viewer numbers continuously go down. So. Mazur says uh, his dad uh, uh, enjoyed the Whitaker episodes that were not about politics. He watched all of them. Yeah, if, if you do good stories, <coughs> then it doesn't matter. You can do politics in stories. Nobody has ever said you can't do politics. But what you have to do is the politics in the context of the story you're trying to tell. Whatever is in that script has to serve the story. The kind of characters you have, the kind of, of stakes that you have, the goals that the characters have, all of that has to serve the story that you're trying to tell. And if you try to shoehorn modern-day politics, modern-day anything, into a story, whatever that story is, then you lose the plot. It becomes message fiction instead of entertainment. And that's where a lot of a lot of this stuff has gone sideways because you're focused on the wrong thing. Mazer says, like the first Gatwa episode, the Goblin King song was cringe, but that it was it wasn't a bad episode. Yeah, the the Goblin King song was stupid. But I think I, th I think they've both, don't they both have musical backgrounds? Don't they have, aren't they both singers? I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, Road Vagabond Life predicts that they'll change the master's character name because the word master is problematic. Well, I mean, we had Missy. <coughs> I don't know. The ma See, the thing is, though, the master is a villain. 
So if you're going to get ideology, if you're going to get ideological about the master being a villain, then you could play with that. You know, master is a villain. Master is a bad name. Master is a bad word. Oh, master is a bad person. So you could still, you could still do that. So anyway, okay. So we've gotten through the second hour of three. I have vamped. I have talked. For as long as I can talk. Mrs. Buzz has been over there. She's told her story. She shared some pictures. Now it's your turn. When we get back. (coughs) When we get back. At least you're not playing the Backstreet's Back. All right song. Huh? What? Nothing. Nah, I don't start that. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right, so when we get back, um, it's your turn. Open line. Next. Be sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. That's a huge question and one that I would rather not answer, but I'm going to answer it. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. I was just kind of noodling on this very idea, so it's funny you bring it up. It's a good question. That's a great question. I love this question. Yeah. That's a good question. Count on Sci-Fi for me to be there asking all of the questions. It's a really good question. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. All right, here we go. Live from the bunker, ladies and gentlemen, it is your turn. My name is Jason Hyde. I'm the editor here at SciFiForMe.com. Glad to have all of you with us. SciFiForMe.com is the website where you can find stuff. Uh, I just posted over there yesterday the, the list of nominees for the 2024 Philip K. Dick Award. Mr. Harvey is working on a review of Night Swim. And we've got more on the way. So let's go. All right, putting in the chat. Looks like it's everywhere. Hey, it went. It did. It did it. I hit the right button. Where'd he go? All right. It's your turn, ladies and gentlemen. Join the call. You can be a part of the program. It is open line, the open line segment. So here's here's how this works. In the first, for those of you who are new, in the first hour, I, I vamp and rant and, and whatnot. In the second hour, we have the the interview panel discussion part and the third hour belongs to you so the link is in all of the live chats if anybody wants to jump in and we can talk about anything you want to talk about ish 
keep it clean. Keep it, you know, respectful and whatnot. If anybody wants to 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 be in there. It looks like we've got we've got quite a few people watching. Um yeah, Mazer says uh we need to get the likes up. We've got uh let's see, what do I see here? I see six watching on Odyssey. I see let's see, six watching on Rumble. It looks like one's watching on Kick, that's probably me. One's watching on Twitch, that's probably me. And it says here we got fifteen people watching on YouTube. And we might be buffering. I don't know. But there we are. So if anybody wants to jump in and and talk, you this is your time. This is your moment. This is when you can have your fifteen minutes of fame. And maybe even talk about football. I don't know. I the 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 thing the thing that gets me with all of this that's been going on, I mean, we've got a lot of stuff that's been happening. And culture impacts entertainment. Entertainment impacts culture. Politics is in, in the mix of all of this. Uh, you still, uh, you, we, we haven't even talked about what's going on with Scream. Uh, Nev Campbell has uh, done an interview and apparently said that she's open to the idea of coming back. But she also acknowledges that right now they're, they're spinning. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do. I I think I think the Scream franchise is imploding. They're going to have to scramble to recover because you fire your star over political things. One, freedom of speech. I mean, you can say some atrocious things. We don't necessarily fire you for saying the atrocious thing. We might fire you for doing an atrocious thing. As we've seen with Jonathan Majors, he's allegedly done some atrocious things, and so we fire him. Okay. Oh, Nev Campbell's going to be at Planet Comic Con? Okay, well, good for Planet Comic Con. We won't be at Planet. All right, here we go. Our first victim, uh, first caller. How you doing, Michael? You are on the air. Welcome. Are you there, Mike? Michael? Hello? Audio? Michael? Are you there? Yes, maybe. I can hear something. Hang on, I don't I don't hear anything. Why do I not hear anything? Hold on. There we go. There you are. There you are. I hear you now. Welcome back, sir. Hello? Yes. Yes, you're on the air. Let's go. What do you want? What are you doing? <laughs> are we having are we having technical issues? There we go. Can can you hear me now? Yes, I can. I can, can you hear, can you hear us? <laughs> can you hear me? One, two, three, four. I don't know what happens there. See, it's not me. I have so far, I don't want to jinx myself, I have so far hit every button that I'm supposed to hit. So, the problems with the call are not on my end. 
So, anyway. Uh, are you there? Hello? Yes? Yes? I can hear you. Are you, can you hear? I, uh, something, something is not, something's not right. Ah, there we go. Are you sure? There we go. Yes, well, maybe. I'm vibrating. I can see. Yeah. We heard you. Yeah, I think so. Can you can hear you us? See, Are... You can see my avatar vibrating now. So... I, yeah, we can hear you now. But I can't hear you, Jason. So I don't know what's up. Okay. Ah, uh, well, you know. Hey, you t you turn your equipment off for for six months. What do you expect? <laughs> See, you heard me, but I can't hear I can't hear what anything that you're saying. So I'm not sure what's up on your end. And I can see you. Um, I, I can see your reactions on uh, YouTube because that's the uh, uh, service that I'm uh, watching everybody else on. Yeah. Well. So anyways, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, oh, I see. Maybe that's what it is. So anyway, go go ahead. So if you can't hear me, go ahead uh, with your point and And because everybody can hear you. And we'll just see what happens. Okay. All right. Well, then, um, okay. Well, um well okay let's let's start with my bad joke today uh, okay as i was putting in the chat time and again uh about our franchise about our beloved franchises no our franchises are not dead jason they're they are undead they're they're worse they're worse than that jim they're undead they How's it go? They walk about. They shamble. They they uh, they utter growling gibberish. But unfortunately, they do not have any any sense of life, and you cannot see the light of the humanity that they once had. Am I being a donor for you? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, anyways. So, um, well, apparently my equipment's working because I can see the microphones working and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Um, anyways, so the only real the only real comment that I was going to make on, on things for the for this year was that um, during your during your interim when you were not a YouTuber, <laughs> um, I I have pref I had come to prefer the three hour format maybe. Um, it, my vote, if there's any, how's it going? I know it's a dictatorship because Mrs. Boss is in charge. <laughs> so um, if you're, if it's, it, but I will say, if you're going to do a, um, if you're going to do a stream, um, I would like the three hour stream less often because then what happens is, is that you'll end up having more um, meteor or substantive uh, re meteor and more substantive reporting because the thing is you'll have like a scheduled date uh, you know or assuming you do a scheduled date uh, to get all your so to speak stories of the week in by so that way we'll have uh, so that way you'll have targets 
that's that's just me anyways um on the other hand i pretty much have all the time in the world to listen to you guys you can't get rid of me <laughs> because um well the the bad the bad thing is that i i finally uh i'm finally a um uh not a ward but i'm finally officially uh sucking all your resources all your taxpayer resources i'm officially disabled so i get to basically be uh at home all the time uh which means i can watch things and comment on things uh so anyways uh so that's the so that's the bad thing the good thing is uh the, and the good thing and the bad thing so that's my uh that's my basic uh rant for the thing good luck to you for this year and hopefully uh we can do things uh uh hit me up offline and see if there's a uh, uh if there's a way i can um uh financially contribute i'm not uh or maybe contribute in some data processing way i'm not a uh i'm not a terribly creative writer except for uh, on the fly jokes okay right. so th thanks well welcome to 2024 jason welcome to 2024 mindy G good luck to you both all right, thanks, Michael. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it, we we there. You still can do. Um, you still can do super chats, Rumble rants. Uh, you know that that sort of thing. And the Rumble is tied into our locals account, so in any of that is still a viable option. Of course, you can you can. You can send me a check. I mean, if you want to do it that way too. But um, in terms of contributing, we've got some stuff that we're discussing. There's different things that we can do on 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 the on the back end. So there are always ways to do it. The biggest thing that anybody can do to help us out to contribute to our success and our growth here in 2024 is to share links. is is to get on your socials, wherever that is, and say. Hey, there's this show you probably haven't heard about. Here's a link to it. Go watch it. Go like it. Go subscribe to this channel. The, if, if we have brand ambassadors, that's the biggest thing that anybody could do to help us out. Because advocacy is, uh, is a good, can be a good thing. Now, as far as the three-hour format goes, there's a couple of things on that. Um, we, the, the way that I arrived at the three hour format that we've got right now for this show, uh, basically is kind of a hit and miss trial and error. This is, this works, this does this thing, because in the, in the times when it was a one hour show in those times when I had an interview, the interview takes the full hour and since the focus is on the guest and the interview, then there, there wasn't an opportunity for me to actually talk about anything else that was going on as far as commenting on news items and, and that sort of thing. So what I figured to do is combine and do time, you know, give myself time where I could have those, have that running commentary of the news of the day. And then have a full hour that we could dedicate to the guests. That way I do both in the show. And then, of course, Open Line Friday has been one of those, well, we've got Open Line Friday. Why don't we do open call every show 
and give people a chance to talk about whatever it is that we've been talking about, whether it's the interview or the or the the news of the day or the whatnot. So that's that's kind of how we've arrived at that three hour block for the shows. It's still like you said, Michael, it still does give us time. We concentrate down into what's happening now in the moment. And this show has kind of been catching up on stuff. But as we go forward, yeah, that first hour where I'm commenting on things, it'll be current events, uh, current headlines, news, that sort of thing. And, of course, the, the second hour will be the, the panel discussions, the interviews, um, and, and whatnot there. And then, like, like we're doing today, you guys get the third hour. Uh, if you want to call in, just say what you want to say, what's on your mind, and share things. Or if you've got recommendations, if you've got books you want to recommend, you got TV shows you want to talk about, any anything there. Open Line Friday is the whole show people call in. But we want to go ahead and do uh, some of that in the third hour every day. Somebody that we haven't heard from in a while, but we're going to more, I think. We'll see. Christopher Hoffman joins us now. Christopher, good to see you, sir. Can you hear me? Hopefully. Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. You can. Okay, and I can hear you. you. Hear so, yeah, yep. So we're good. Welcome back, sir. And Yes. There's a delay. Okay. There sounds. It sounds like there might be a delay. And there, uh, Welcome back to you. As well, and Mindy. So what's on your mind? How do we have a delay? Well, um, I wanted to recommend a... Uh, I'm not really sure I'm going through OBS and StreamYard. Go ahead. Go ahead, Christopher. You're, okay. Yeah, you're there. Um, I wanted to recommend a really good book that I got over the holidays. It is Silver Nitrate by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. And she's also the uh, author of Mexican Gothic. And this film is, uh, I'm sorry, this movie, it, movie uh, it's a book about movies. <laughs> and that, uh, <laughs> this, um, this particular uh, book is uh, centered around a sound editor in the mid-90s in Mexico working in the independent Mexican film scene. And she goes ahead and um, she discovers that an old director is living in her friend's apartment building. And the, uh, with the director, um, the director has been retired for some time. There is a missing film of his that was never completed. 
she seeks to uh, she seeks to find out what the film is about and see if she can recover it. It turns out the reason the film was never completed was because one of the producers, actors in the film may or may not have been a Nazi occultist who was on the lam. And this film uh, was actually a ritual to uh, summon some evil occult stuff. <laughs> Interesting. So it's it's a fiction it's a and fiction it's novel. It's great. It's uh, the it's got a lot of like deep references to old Hollywood. And that yes, it's 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 fiction. All right. Yeah, we've got a heck of a delay on this. I'm not sure where it's coming from. But and um especially um it's got some I'm I'm not sure either. It's got some great uh, sort of behind the scenes um, stories about different actors, that sort of thing, and and how uh, the film industry uh, was the classic film industry was uh, uh, working, especially in Mexico. when they were going to go ahead and use the uh, uh, sound stages at night for like Universal and stuff like that. And they were producing their own versions of Dracula, that sort of thing. I might have to pick that one up. And even though it's said in Mexico, don't let that kind of deter you from getting into the novel because there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of localization, but not too much, so you don't um, get taken out of it if you're like a, an American reader or something like that. It's a really interesting uh, film. It's got some really scary parts to it, and as you can see, it sort of looks like a uh, kind of a Italian giallo poster with silver nitrate, but good book. Okay, that sounds interesting. I, that, we might have to, you might have to do a, a review of that for us. I'll be, I'll be more than happy to go ahead and do a review, review for that. I will get off. I don't know where the delay is coming from. We'll take a look. We'll 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 check, and it could very well be something on the Streamyard side of things, but uh, we'll we'll check on that. But anyway, yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, Christopher. It's good to see you again. We will we will talk offline uh, about some stuff because I have I have plans and schemes. So nice to see you as well. Okay, all right. Okay, so there's Christopher. Uh, Christopher is the host of Vault of the Killer Bees, which is a uh, uh, series of segments about the B movies, the drive-in theaters, the schlock movies of the of the '60s and '70s. So we're I'm still catching up on uploading all of those segments from the past, but we have discussed doing some more. 
So that is one of those things that's probably going to be coming back. Somebody asked earlier about uh, Good Morning Multiverse coming back. Not at the, at, not at present. They're, that's not part of the plan. Uh, and the H2O podcast is done. And uh, Ranker Pit, Salacious Crumbs, uh, Triple Bites, all of those might. Some might. I don't know. Road Vagabond Life says, want to see a movie set in Mexico that doesn't happen to be... The Day of the Dead. That's uh, that's the stuff. Uh, Chris, Michael says Christopher looks stressed. Um, you know when when the Stone Martin weasels show up and the technology doesn't quite cooperate the way you want it to, it does have a tendency to cause some stress. Uh, Daniel says, plans and schemes, a bunker, the multi-monitor computer. Uh, Are you becoming a supervillain? You know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I have always been a supervillain. Maybe. Or not. I have been told I'm a good person, but I'm not necessarily always nice about being a good person. Uh, Kit Keo 2, brand new here. What do you usually talk about? Well, glad you asked, and welcome to the program. So what we usually talk about here, uh, this channel is dedicated to science fiction, fantasy, horror, and the related pieces of video games and comic books and, and novels and movies and, and that kind of thing. So this particular program uh, gives me a chance to rant and comment on the various different things that are going on in the news today, current events and whatnot. And, <coughs> and uh, also gives us a chance to interview creative types, authors, actors, producers, editors, people who are in publishing, people who are in in film uh, and television. And we have a, a, a tremendous backlog of episodes that you can catch up on. We have interviewed all sorts of types of people. Um, we've interviewed Cat Rambo and Joe Haltman and Mercedes Lackey, and we've talked to the cast of uh, the Orville. We've talked to uh, a number of different people over the years. David Weber and um, Alan Dean Foster, various different people, and we're uh, we're just here to talk about sci-fi, fantasy, and horror stuff that we like, and to complain about the stuff we don't like. And you're more than welcome to join us uh, on on the excursion. This show has been around since 2014 in various different iterations. So we'll see how long this particular one lasts. Uh, Cam says the Alan Dean Foster recent interview was great. Thank you very much. Do appreciate that. I think that was the third or fourth time that we've talked to Alan uh, in in the years since... Uh, was Worldcon our first time talking to him? I think it was. And yes, Christopher, you're right. Alice Krieger, Brink Stevens, we've talked to them. I uh, interviewed them. We interviewed, oh man, we've talked to the people down at the Kansas Cosmosphere. We've talked to the people at the Heinlein, uh, the Heinlein Institute, uh, the Robert Heinlein Institute. We've talked to uh, 
uh, people from Starlog Magazine. We've talked to contributors about Starlog Magazine, uh, which which reminds me, I've rec- we'd recently posted this, uh, so you can check the video and the article over at sci for mecom I interviewed uh, Dan Dickolds, who was a contributor at Starlog Magazine. He's got a new book out called Wavelengths, and it's a novel-ish uh, looking at... Uh, the the alternate universe Starlog-ish magazine called Wavelengths that looks at other other timelines. Uh, George Lucas making a string of direct-to-DVD horror films is in one. Uh, Gene Roddenberry having hit after hit after hit with Genesis 2 and Armageddon Earth and um, those kind of things. So... It's it, we we did that. Uh, I've done an interview with uh, Jean Paul Carnier about the revival of Worlds of If magazine, uh, so you check those out as well. But yeah, those those interviews are the second hour of the show, and we get to talk to all sorts of different people about uh, lots of different things. So that's in a nutshell, kind of what this show is about. Uh, Michael is suggesting a Mexican sci-fi horror film, Kronos. Uh, Don Don, Ranger Powers says, Star Trek The Motion Picture introduced me to Alan Dean Foster. You know what happened before Star Trek The Motion Picture? I know Alan Dean Foster did the book. But you know what Alan Dean Foster did before that? He wrote Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was the first EU Star Wars novel, which almost might have been, possibly in some universes was, the actual sequel to Star Wars and not The Empire Strikes Back. And I don't know that, I, I honestly, I don't know that, uh, that Warner Brothers and Paramount are going to merge. I don't, I don't know the inner workings of all of these different studios and whatnot. I actually was surprised that the Disney Fox deal actually went through because I thought I figured that the regulators, the government would would put the kibosh on it, but they let it go. Whatever. But um, if the Warner Brothers Discovery deal happens with Paramount, my speculation is pieces of Warner Brothers Discovery spin off, spin out of that merge with Paramount to become a new entity. I don't know that it's going to become Warner Brothers Paramount. Me. Uh, Mazur says, I wonder when you, if you, when you interviewed Alice Krieger, if at the time she knew she was going to be in Picard Season 3. Maybe? I'd have to go back and look at the timeline. I can't remember exactly where that lines up, but it's possible. It could very well be that they got her at the last minute because she's really essentially the voice. She's not in the suit. Uh, it's a it's a body double. It's somebody else as the uh, as the Borg queen. But uh, Alice d- did come back for the voice. So I don't know. Maybe. Um, let's see who else have we talked to? We oh, we've talked to so many different people. We've talked to film directors. We've talked to actors. Uh, we've talked. Uh, we talk money 
as as a as a semi regular thing here, we'll talk business, we'll talk stock. You know, we talk about the Disney stock price a lot. We talk about the Warner the Warner Brothers stock price. We may even at some point talk about the Rumble stock price. Who knows? We've looked at you know box office numbers. Uh, Paul DeGarabedian will be here on Wednesday. We'll be talking about box office. Um, AMC theaters. Their financial situation that at some point might come up as a as a potential topic for for discussion. Uh, we talk about uh, we talk about awards. We talk about you know the Hugo Awards. We talk about yes, we've talked uh, we've talked to Tom Kane several times. Um, Tom, as far as I know, Tom's recovery is progressing. He's continuing to recover. He's doing great. Uh, last I saw, uh, his daughter Sammy has posted he's he's doing fine. Um, still can't talk that well, but uh, he's he's up and around and smiling and and living his life and he's having a good time. So uh, we wish Tom and his family the best. Uh, Cam says we have some excellent guests. You know that's that's going to go in a promo, right? And thank you. Um, okay, so how many how many people are watching? We got two watching on Odyssey now. Where did everybody go? Eight watching on Rumble. That's good. Fifteen looks like fifteen twelve. Twelve watching on YouTube. So yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Probably everybody is just still over there on watching watching Midnight's Edge. <clears throat> but we start on time. Most of the time. I tell you what, it is, it is, um, it is gratifying to see all of you back here in the chat. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what exactly was going to happen today. I will be honest, um, because you know it's been a while, and I was like, well, I hope all of the equipment works. I hope all of the buttons still do what they're supposed to do, because I did have that hard drive crash. And when the hard drive crashed, I'm like, oh crap. Well, I guess I guess we're done. But we I was able to recover a number of pieces because I had backup copies of some stuff. And had to rebuild some stuff, had to recover. I'm like, well, okay. But yeah, going going out to going out to, to Vasquez Rocks was like, oh, we're gonna have to shoot something. I mean, how do you go out there? And you run a science fiction magazine. You run a science fiction channel. How do you how do you go out to Vasquez Rocks and not shoot something Star Trek? So it it was it was one of those things. Where I was like, wow, we just we kind of have to, even if we're not coming back at that point, even if we're not coming back, then we still have to shoot something while we're there. Because who knows when we get back to Vasquez Rocks? So, uh, Road Vagabond Life, I like you gave a 12 heads, a 12 hour heads up on Odyssey. Yeah. Um, Odyssey does a thing. So, so whenever we set up the streams ahead of time, Odyssey will pop out a, a notification. YouTube will send out a notice 30 minutes before the show starts, before the stream is scheduled to start. I don't know that they send out anything uh, ahead of that. And I don't know what Rumble does. 
Twitch and Kick, as far as I know, they don't send anything out. So I have to kind of manually send stuff and post things and, and whatnot. And we did have a widget that was posting the, the, the YouTube links to our Discord. But I don't know if that's working yet. I have to, I have to get with my IT guy and make sure that that's working still. Uh, but yeah, the I I I like Odyssey more than I like Rumble. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Rumble. It's fine. I mean, it we it goes and and people watch, but under the hood, behind the scene, you know, backstage, the the widgets and the and the dashboard and all of that stuff for for editing and and setting the streams up and all of this other stuff. I just, I just don't like the interface. The user interface is just not not great. And I know everybody's on Rumble. And we've tied our Rumble to our locals, which doesn't really do anything for us because, it. I mean, we're not doing any kind of member exclusives or anything like that because we don't have any members. Well, I guess we, we could turn the memberships back on, but... Um, uh, Daniel's uh, YouTube will show a placeholder on the homepage showing the upcoming stream. Yeah, well, it does. It does. I mean, there's the thumbnail, and then it'll say upcoming, and all of the streams will do, do that. All the platforms do that coming up uh, thing. But as far as notifications going out for YouTube, especially, and for the other platforms for Odyssey and Rumble, it helps to hit the bell and turn on the not uh, turn the notifications on. So that when we get ready to do this stuff, um, we need to we need to be able to get the word out, and some of that also includes sharing links. I'm just saying. You know, one of the things I did not do, um, I didn't pin, I didn't pin the link to the top, so it's easy to find. Let me do that so people aren't having to scroll through where is it there it is let's can i oh it's back too far let me do let me do this i'll i'll just put it in there again and can i pin it pin, come on i hate this thing pin there we go all right now it's pinned to the top For those of you who are in the uh in the youtube chat it's pinned to the top um, I don't think I need to uh, pin it anywhere else. All right. Cam's going to call in later this week. That's something to look forward to. Cam can rant. <clears throat> Cam can rant about stuff. <coughs> anyway. But, yeah, the, the, trip, the trip to California was... A mixed bag. I mean, there was good and there was bad because we were going out for a funeral, and that was that was something. Uh, and then and then coming back. But when when we hit the Grand Canyon, I was struck by how small it made me feel. And you look out at Monument Valley where they shot a bunch of westerns and you look at the grand canyon and you and you see all of this that is not man-made it's pretty incredible and it's pretty humbling and it also it also helps put things in perspective because you go out there and you see this 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 huge 
natural thing, this, this, this awesome structure. And you think about your place in the world, you think about your place in the universe, and you realize that there are, there are things we do, things we, f we focus on, that are pretty insignificant and unimportant. And we put a lot of priority on the wrong things. We put so much emphasis on stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. And we fight about stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. Now, there, there are bigger fights to have. And there are fights to be had. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not sitting there saying, lay down your arms and we don't fight. There are cultural battles to fight. There are ideological battles to fight. There, we are in the midst of good versus evil. I'm convinced of that. It's not. It's not just, you know, it's not just Kelvin Trek versus older older Trek fans or anything like that. <coughs> it's it's more insidious than that. It's more basic than that. It is. There are people who are in this world right now who are aligned with... This is going to sound hyperbolic a little bit, but there are people who are aligned with demons. There are people who are aligned with raw, pure evil. And some of them are in positions of power, some of them are in positions of influence. Some of them are in places where they can have an impact on the culture. And they have for a number of years. They have some, some for decades have had, these, have had these positions of influence and power. And they need to be stopped. And one of the things that I thought about when I was thinking about coming back, when I was arguing with myself about coming back, how much of this show, how much of that do we get into fighting that fight? Because, you know, we mentioned the volunteers here. Uh, there, there are people who are on this team that, that are not politically aligned with me, and that's fine. We don't always agree on everything. And I've said a number of occasions... That the brand, the Sci-Fi for Me brand, doesn't get into political stuff. But, having said that, with this show being my show, I'm the host. I'm the one that says it. I think there's a little bit of wiggle room. Because from a cultural standpoint, there are things... There are reasons why the current versions of these shows don't work. Woke politics, you can you can throw that out there and stuff, but it's bad writing, bad craft, bad uh, a, a a warped understanding of the human condition. 
And that's not necessarily political. It's not necessarily ideological. Some of that is. But some of it are people who just don't know how to be human beings. People who don't understand life experience. People who don't understand history. People who don't understand what it is to actually deal with people face-to-face and in person. Uh, Road Vagabond Live asked, did you see a bunch of people with their phones up at the Grand Canyon? Absolutely. I mean, that's their cameras. They're taking pictures. They're taking selfies. Now, they they were admiring the view. It wasn't just going out there and snapping the pictures and ignoring it, taking pictures of themselves. They, everybody was looking out at the Grand Canyon. This is the Grand Canyon. It's kind of hard not to look at it and be awestruck for a moment. There were a couple of times I was like, should we get a picture? Because it almost, it's not necessarily a, a, a religious experience, but you get into that moment and it's like, I guess we ought to take a picture. I mean, we're here. We want to document that we're here. Take the picture. Take the selfie. Have somebody take a picture. So, <clears throat> so there's a little bit of that. <clears throat> but I didn't see anybody. I think I saw one person who was dressed like an influencer. Isn't it interesting that influencer sounds so much like influenza? And now you have all this digital AI stuff. And I think, I'm pretty sure that we could probably do an entire week on AI and not repeat ourselves. That's in the works. I don't know when we're going to do that. But I think we'll be doing, a, I think we'll be doing multiple shows on AI. And we'll be talking about these new AI influencers and AI companions and AI stuff. So, anyway. Uh, Michael says, I uh, need to decide for today. Any, uh, any editorialization is in essence making a stand. Well, and, and I make the distinction between what I say, and we even have the disclaimer at the end of the show, is every everything that's said by the people who are on the show is their particular opinion. In terms of the social media... I mean, I could get on Twixer all day and I could rail on all sorts of stuff. But sci-fi for me as a brand focuses on science fiction, fantasy, and horror. We're not going to get into the presidential election. We're not going to get into border security. We're not going to get into that kind of stuff. That's what I'm talking about. There are things within our wheelhouse, and then there are things not within our wheelhouse, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> yeah, America's most wanted coming back. Yeah. And I think um oh what else did I see? There was another one. There was another show that got announced. I don't remember what it was now. Oh, 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 oh. I know it's it's the you talking about origin stories. We're gonna get an origin story for Gibbs over on NCIS. Why? Who needs it? See, that's not in our wheelhouse, so I don't talk about it. But I can, I can sit there and me, and I can sit there and say, ah, what? why do we need that? We don't need it. I mean, Mark Harmon is going to be a uh, an executive producer on it, but he's not going to be acting in it. 
unless he's kind of doing kind of a flashback narration type of thing. But why, why, why? Who asked for it? Stop making sense. It's not popular. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, keep the hope in play. Well, you know, I try. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody this. Don't tell anybody this. But there are times. There are times when I try to be a little optimistic. And I have to make an effort. I have to make an effort on that sometimes because... There are days when I see all of this stuff going on and I'm doom scrolling on Twitter. And one of the reasons why I came back and, and I'm doing this show again is because I got bored and I got depressed because I didn't have anything to do. Work has been kind of thin because it's a winter. And I, it's like, well, don't hear I'm kicking around. I'm kicking around the compound. We can't do anything in the garden because it's covered in six inches of snow, and it's winter and it's cold and I can't do anything. And I'm like, okay, well, I I need something to do. And I kept coming back to this. Well, you know, if it was, if, if I I would be doing the show right now if I was doing anything. I I have, you know. Just, you know, this this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. I'm very good at this. And I'm very good at interviewing people and having having conversations with people. So here we are. Back. Um and I don't have I don't have any problem I don't have any problem taking a stand and telling you what I think about things. I've done that plenty of times. But I have to make the distinction of what I think versus what the brand thinks. That's a that's a that's a fine line. It's a it's a very fine distinction, but it's a distinction that to me, from a business standpoint, that's a distinction that has to be made. Because so we see because we've seen it. We've seen it. All of these Companies, all these corporations that come in and try to tell you tell you what they think about the thing, right? I mean, this is this is this was the this is the core of the whole Disney versus Florida thing. Disney, stay out of it. Bob Iger can have an opinion, but the Walt Disney Company should not get involved in Florida politics. Bob Iger can have an opinion. Kathleen Kennedy can have an opinion. Cameron Pasha can have an opinion. Valiant Renegade can have an opinion. Garriott, Garriott Nerdrotic can have an opinion. I can have an opinion. The individual people who are in this whole thing, you can have opinions till the cows come home. The business entity should not. Road Vagabond Life says, at the age of 60, I'm not about to let some Silicon Valley twit tell me what I'm allowed to say. That's why I love Odyssey. Odyssey's really good stuff. Um, let's, uh, I tell you what, let us, we're not going to put links to anything that I haven't vetted yet, please. 
Thank you. I mean, if you're just if you're if you're jumping in to to catch up on the show, great, glad to have you. If you pop into a live show just to drop a link into a chat for somebody else, let's not do that. I appreciate it. All right, we've got seven minutes left on this show coming back. I don't know what we're going to talk about tomorrow. I'm waiting to hear back on a couple of emails that I sent out. And I spent most of I've spent most of Friday lining up guests for the next couple of months. I've sent out a bunch of stuff saying, "Hey, we're booking guests for the shows." So we've had some interest, very various different things. We've had some authors, we have some comic book creators, some different people that we've reached out to, some different uh, different PR people who said, "Yeah, we've got some clients. Let's let's talk schedules and stuff." So we're going to be lining up people uh, to to be guests in our second hour. Uh, and of course, Wednesday, uh, Paul DeGarabedian will be here on uh, on the second hour here on the show talking about box office, what's been going on, and because uh, 2023 it, they they pulled out a win, I think what nine uh, it 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 did better did better than it should have, and so we'll be taking a look at 2024 and and what's going on there. And then uh, on Thursday, Lee Romero will be here. He is the animatronic, um, an animatronics guy, and he'll be talking about that. And then Friday, we'll have an open line Friday. And the way open line Friday works, and the way the way the open line hour works. Let me remind everybody, because we're all rusty. It's been six months. We're all rusty here. And if you're listening to us as a podcast, you're more than welcome to join us in the live video when the stream happens over on any of our video platforms. And if you're here on the video platforms, not live, you can leave comments. Email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. But the way the open line thing works, and you saw a little bit of it, and I don't know why we had delays from everybody today. It was StreamYard being StreamYard being wonky, whatever. But I put a link in, and y'all can actually join the show and and be part of the show in the third hour. So just just priming the pump here and just letting you know the third hour belongs to you guys. If that's what you want to do, if you want to call into the show, you don't have to. You just stay in the chat or you can leave a comment or whatever after the fact. That's fine. I'm just saying. If you want to participate, you get a chance. And I don't know, now that I think about it, I don't know that there's anybody else that does that. As far as just like putting a link out and letting any any random person just jump in a, in a show. In a stream, I'm, I'm extending an awful big amount of trust here. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, these are dangerous waters. Whenever I sit there and say, "All right, we're just going to open the phone lines," type type of thing, because we don't have the seven second delay like you'd find in the in radio. You know, talk radio has got this thing where anybody says something that the FCC doesn't approve of. You've got a button that you can push that dumps it out because there's like a seven second delay. So if somebody does say something, you can push it, push the button, and that part of the show does not go out. 
We don't have that here. And I don't know how we would do something like that anyway. But I haven't run across any need for it yet. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Daniel says, the official political stance of sci-fi for me. Sci-fi is great. Some of it is. Some of it, not so much. Well, I have to, yeah, next time Next time Mindy's on, you'll have to ask her about uh, her thoughts on the later seasons of the animated Batman series. The new adventures of Batman, the new animated adventures, the one where they, they redesigned, it's still Bruce Timm and Paul Dini. And and uh, you know Kevin Conroy playing Batman, but it's um, it's different character designs, and she especially does not like uh, the Catwoman design in those in those episodes. So, anyway, <clears throat> uh, anyway, all right. So there we are. We've We've got we've got three hours done and in the can, and it was kind of a random thing. I'm I'm I will be more prepared as we go through because I'm still playing catch up, digging through emails and stuff. Because there was a lot of stuff that happened in the last six months, and I know just I just knew going into it that we weren't going to be able to cover it all, and I don't want to catch up by looking backwards. So as we go forward, we'll keep going. We, you know, whatever news shows up, that's what we, that's what we do. And we'll talk about whatever it is that's going on. We talk about, and then whatever happens, happens. So welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the new people. And, uh, if, uh, if you are so inclined, go find us some new people to add to the new people. So we can keep doing this and we got more new people that come in. So um, at least one good thing in 2024. Well, the year is early yet. The year is young. Uh, but I do appreciate everybody being here. And uh, I do appreciate your support, your continued support through the years. Mark your calendar for March 23rd. It is a Saturday. It is our 15th anniversary. And I have a plan. Let's see what this is. Does it... Oh, hey, look! It shows the emojis. Social, me Social Stream Ninja is a nice tool. It actually shows the emojis. Something that StreamYard doesn't do. <clears throat> anyway, that's it. All right. I will leave you with this thought. Remember, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. The politicians hate you. The politicians are afraid of you. It's really. The media lies to you. The businesses are trying to sell you. You're the product. But God has a plan for you. Say it with me. And there are four lights. Welcome back, everybody. 
This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2024, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.